Well, welcome to the Hills Church at Home. If you're watching by uh, live and you're just getting up, make sure you grab your cup of coffee. Wake up everybody in the house. You can download our message notes and uh, you can download our kids activity guide. If you're viewing uh, by YouTube today, we would sure love it if you would click the subscribe button. That will allow us to uh, have future benefits through streaming on YouTube. Well, if you would, get your Bible out and you can open up to Matthew chapter 25. We've started this summer with a series called Summer Stories, where we're looking at the parables that Jesus taught. And in our uh, first few weeks, we noticed this, that about 35% of Jesus's messages were by parables. And the parable simply was a short story that would relate a concept to what would be a heavenly principle. So Jesus is wanting to connect everything to a heavenly principle, and he is the master storyteller opening up hearts and opening up minds. So my title today is The Lord's Talent. But in Matthew chapter 25, it's really the third of four parables uh, in Matthew about the end times, because when we read this, we're reading this where Jesus is uh, getting ready to enter to Jerusalem, and it's the final events before he's about to suffer and die on the cross. So there's tension in this journey, but he takes it as a sense of urgency and importance. So when we read this parable today, it's one of those ones that's of urgency for us. And he will express and he'll present hope through this parable that he is coming again. And in this parable, we're to be active and alive and working on his behalf and really, this parable that we'll read today really um, communicates to us what it means to be a follower of Jesus and being faithful unto him. So let's pick this up, Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to read verses 14 through 30. If you don't have your Bible with you, the verses will be on the screen. And so again, Matthew 25, Jesus is entering Jerusalem for the last time. And here's one of the parables and teachings that he gives them that we're actually reading today. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents and to another two and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained 
two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid the Lord's money. Now, verse 19 gives us this one part of the scripture of a possible sign for us to know that though it's been a long time since Jesus said these words, he is coming again soon. It says this, verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look what I gained, five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He who also had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. And look, there is what I have is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I've not scattered. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to one who has 10 talents. Listen to verse 29. For to everyone who has, more will be given. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. I wanna read verse 29 again, because this is so important in this one parable, the parable of talents, in the talents that the Lord has given all of us. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So Jesus reads this one, uh, the parable of the talents. In fact, there's a, another story uh, very similar in, in Luke about this. But I want to I want to make this comment before we move on. As people of faith, we are called to take risks, not dig holes. 
We are called to take risks, not dig holes. He thought the easiest way was to dig a hole and put the talent in the ground when the other ones took risks and they saw what verse 19 said, more was given and it was given in abundance because they took the risk. We are to present ourselves, our lives to God, not as maintainers of bare minimum, but we are faithful investors of what he's given us. Remember, we're to take those risks, we're not to dig holes. And so I asked myself a few questions. In fact, there's a few questions for us today in our notes. What really matters in this parable? And I want to just pull something out. That something was done with the talents that the Lord has given you. Now, you may have to search and you may have to discover and you may need to read about it. You may need to find out the talents that the Lord has given you but everybody has give, been given a talent. Don't be upset if somebody has five and somebody else has two and you have one. Take what you've been given, the talent of the Lord, and do what verse 29 says, because more will be given and it will be given in abundance. We've all been given talents and we're not to hide the talents that the Lord has given us. And I love this one verse out of the New Living in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. And it says it this way, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things, now listen to this, that he planned for us long ago. So remember this, you are a masterpiece of God individually, and he planned that about your life long ago. You know, I was thinking about this. I'll never be a center for the Los Angeles Lakers. I just, I don't have the height. I'll never be the quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams. I can go through all these different things, but God has deposited different talents in my life that I am to use to be a servant of his. He's deposited talents in your life that you are to use to be his servants and more will be given to you and it will be given to abundance. But don't ever dig and put it in the ground. Explore those talents because you're part of his masterpiece. You know, in Genesis chapter 2:15, when God had created the garden of Eden and then created man, uh, Adam and then Eve, woman, he placed them in the garden to tend and to keep it. He had given them the ability and the talents. Think about it. His perfect creation that could have operated on its own the Bible lets us know as long as the, the earth remains, there's seed time and harvest. There's day, there's night, there's winter, there's summer. All of those things, they're already active, but he took Adam and Eve and he placed them in the garden. He gave them talents to oversee his creation. That's a, a, an example to us even today. He's placed us at this time, 
this season, this year, to use the talents that he's given us. And as we read, even in Revelations chapter 2, Jesus is very aware of the challenging times that we face, but he says, he who has an ear, they better listen to what the Spirit is saying. We've got to be listening. We've got to be using our talents. We've got to be people that are praying, that are reading his word and and digging these things out. But I want to really switch a gear today. I want to go back to an Old Testament story, and I'll I'll pick up some more of this probably next week. But I wanted to look at uh, 1 Samuel 17. I want us to think for just a few minutes about David. In fact, when we think of David, we think of David the shepherd boy. We think of David the worshiper. We think of David killing Goliath. We think of King David. But I want you to remember, in fact, um, and you can write this down and read it later, and I would encourage you to read it in one sitting. Read 1 Samuel 16 and 1 Samuel 17. In 1 Samuel 16 is where we read about that the heart of God wanted to change as king. He wanted to change it from Saul, and he was going to choose for himself somebody that had his heart. And the one that he chooses is David, the one when the feast with the prophet Samuel is taking place in the house of Jesse, David is forgotten about. In fact, they line up all the other boys and none of them are the one that God speaks to Samuel about. They wait and they bring David in and the Lord speaks to Samuel that David is the one And Samuel arises and anoints David as the new king. He's anointed. The Spirit of God is upon him. And at probably age 15 or 16, this anointed king is still going back and tending his father's sheep. But now as you read your Bible, you'll see that he goes from uh, taking care of the sheep to going and leading and playing worship for Saul, because Saul has a distressing spirit that would come upon him, but when David played his heart, the distressing spirit would leave. So the Bible says this as you read it. He's going back and forth between still being a shepherd and going and playing worship. Now remember, it's the anointed king. You know, we read in the uh, other parts of the Old Testament of kings in Israel that were super young, yet it isn't David's time yet. Yet deposited in David is all of the talents that he'll ever need to be king of Israel, to fight battles, to make decisions, to administrate, to lead. And yet we're seeing that all he's doing right now is going between sheep and going between leading worship until we read 1 Samuel 17. In fact, let... um. Let me read these verses and I'll come back and we'll go back and forth here in just a little bit. 1 Samuel 17 uh, through 18 and verse 20, and it says this, Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how your brothers fare 
and bring back news of them. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded them. Now, you may or may not have read this before, but remember this picture. David is the anointed king, the one that's chosen by God. The one, even as we read in in Ephesians, is God's masterpiece for that time and that season, filled with God's talents, and yet uh, his brothers are at a battle that probably David is unaware of, and the battle that is getting set up is the battle of one giant. His name is Goliath. In fact, when we read about him in the Bible, the Bible records him as a champion. The Bible says that he comes out every morning, every evening, and he taunts the armies of Israel, and he taunts Saul, and he yells at them morning and evening, and he's been doing this now 40 days, and both King Saul and the army of Israel, the Bible says they are greatly afraid. Well, David gets this assignment from his dad. Hey, I want you to take bread, and I want you to carry cheese, and I want you to take it to your brothers, and I want you to take cheese to the captain of a thou. Go check on them, make sure they're doing good, and then come back and let me know. So wouldn't you picture that David would say something, Dad, you know, I'm the anointed king. You, You still have me watching over your sheep. How about let me just go check on my brothers and I'm going to stay at the battle. You know, we don't read anything like that out of David. David is going to deliver bread and cheese. He's going to carry cheese to the most famous battle probably that we read here in First and Second Samuel of the nation of Israel. They're at a cross points. There's a giant in the way. Everybody's afraid and as David comes on and he, and he wants to check on his brothers, he hears a different report. Now remember, 16-year-old's probably gonna hear something different. He hears of a reward. He hears if somebody takes this giant out, they're gonna be rich because the king's gonna give him money. They're gonna get set up with one of the king's daughters and they're never gonna have to pay taxes again. That perks his attention. There's a reward to take this guy down? I get rich? I get one of the king's daughters? I don't ever have to pay tax. Man, sign me up. I mean, David David hears of that reward. David's ready to go. In fact, here's what happens, though, in different settings. And I love how the Bible lets us know this because when the older brother hears about David snooping around and what he says, in fact, he calls him out, and he says, aren't you supposed to be back with dad's few sheep? That's what the Bible says, few sheep. You know, there's always a voice out there to belittle your talent. There's always somebody out there that wants to remind you, hey, do you know what you're doing? You're just with the few sheep. Go back to the few sheep. Go, go back. You shouldn't be up here. You haven't been invited here. You don't belong. You haven't put in the time that we have. And yet David hears both of a reward. And then when David hears from himself what this, this giant is saying, 
he is shocked that this giant is disregarding his Lord God and nobody's doing anything about it. And he's ready to get in the battle even as a 16-year-old. But you know what got David to the battle? It was his willingness to serve his father to carry cheese. He wasn't invited to the battle because he would be the future warrior. He wasn't invited to the battle because many had heard about his stories of the bear and the lion. He wasn't invited to, to the battle so that he could you know, play a few tunes for the soldiers. The only reason he got there was his dad said, go check on your brothers and deliver food. Yet in the midst of serving and being faithful to do what he was asked to do, he's gonna immediately get elevated and his talents would be on display because he was willing to serve the one that sent him. I really want you to think about that today. David gets thrusted in the spotlight because he's willing to serve and to humble himself. And all of a sudden, he gets not only his talents arise, it becomes that in abundance. He takes down the giant, he cuts off his head, he obviously gets riches, he gets one of the daughters, he's now tax exempt, he has songs sung about him. He is the warrior David, but he, all of that happened because he was willing to carry the cheese, to serve uh, an order by what his father had said, and he wouldn't listen to the other voices that wanted to belittle him. You know, I think about this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31. Um, it says this, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Talent led people judge themselves to stay focused on God's assignment. If you're talent led, you judge yourself. It allows you to stay focused on God's assignment. You know, David sure could have complained. David could have made every excuse not to be there. David could have been belittled by his brother and left and went away, but he followed the direction and the abundance hit in David's life. Well, let me ask ourselves uh, a couple of questions today. What talent has God given you? And how do you intend to use it for him? Because when you're given those talents, you're not to dig it and put it in a hole. You're to use those talents to display his goodness and glory in your life to expand his kingdom. What do I have that I can use for him that his kingdom might be increased? You know, when we read that story, it's interesting, those words that are told, well done. Well done. You took what I gave you and you multiplied it and you used it. You were active. You weren't just sitting around. You didn't bury it. You didn't hide it. 
You didn't focus on something else. You stayed focused to what I told you to do. You searched out a matter. You allowed the talents that I gave you to arise up. You allowed those talents, like verse 29 said, more was given and it was given to you in abundance. Take what you have and use it for him that his kingdom might be increased. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 says this, for you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I think sometimes we forget that we were all bought with a price by Jesus surrendering his life unto death to purchase us back. He did everything, laid everything down for you and for me so that he could have us back. And it says, there. therefore now glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You know, when you read the about the talents, it's his talents that are passed on. It's his talents that are multiplied, but those that use their talents hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. It's his talents that I'm using. I've been bought with a price. What if I woke up every morning and thought that, you know what, today I'm gonna start out, I've been bought with a price. I'm gonna take those talents that he's given me. It doesn't matter if I'm in business or I'm teaching or whatever I'm doing, I'm gonna take the talents that he's given me and I'm gonna use them. I'm not gonna reflect on those that I looked at and I say, they are far more talented than I will ever be. I'm to take what he gave me and to every voice that might say, you need to be with your father's sheep, the few sheep that he has. I'm gonna tune out that voice because I have ears to hear and I'm listening today to what the Spirit of God says. You have been bought with a price, so glorify God through your life. You know, if you're, you're listening today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you were bought with a price. In fact, even when we read earlier on in Ephesians, this all was planned before the foundations of the earth so that you would have an opportunity to accept Jesus as your savior. He became your sacrifice. He laid down his life for you so that you can live your life. And in accepting him, you become that new creature that he talks about. In fact, I'm gonna pray a prayer, and if you've never prayed this before, really, it's out of uh, the book of Romans, uh, chapter 10, verses nine and 10. I want you to pray this along with me. Ready? Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins and today I begin my relationship with you in Jesus' name, 
amen. If you prayed that prayer, would you reach out to us? You can do, do so, even if you're watching right now on uh, social media, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, you can actually write in there in the description, let us, let us know or email us at info at hillschurcharcadia.org. The most important decision you've ever made and allow the Lord to begin to work in your life. Watch what he does. Now, I want to shift gears for just a minute. And uh, as we do each week, as we receive our tithes and offering, even though we do it uh, through live stream, and we were talking about before we went on week 15 of live streaming here, I want to read this one verse out of the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter one, verse one through three, and it says this, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits at the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Isn't it different? The blessed is the man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Notice that the blessed man and woman delights in the word of God. And the picture is they meditate in it day and night and they're like a tree where the roots are gone deep, but there's water running all the time and there's fruit that's bearing. The leaf does not wither and whatever they do prospers. Well, as we do each week, as, as we close our offering time with a prayer, would you pray this along with me? And would you allow it to come from your heart, out of your mouth, and something that you're believing, whatever you're believing and trusting God for today, as we pray, would you do that? And let's trust and believe together. Let's pray this together. As I give in today's offering, I pray that God will guard my path and help me to walk in his ways and obey his principles all the days of my life. Let my life be fruitful and impacting. Let my giving be directed by the word of God and let my life be blessed with good fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving, you can give online. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click on the give link. It's fast, safe, and secure. But you can also uh, mail in your offering. You can mail it to the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419. That's Arcadia, California, 91066. Let me encourage you, every Wednesday night, we do a gathering together. We take some time, short devotion, Check on one another. We have communion together uh, where Jesus said, as often as you do this, remember me 
every Wednesday night. We do a, a Zoom communion. And also stay tuned. We'll keep you updated on when we'll be reopening uh, services, but we'll continue doing our live stream uh, as well. But as we close today, can you remember and always say this verse? I love our verse, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. It's so important in these days, our focus, what we look to, who we're looking to, how we're looking to, what we're believing for, and it simply is this. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Your help comes from the Lord. Your talents come from the Lord. Your life has been given to you from the Lord. Glorify him through your life. Expand his kingdom this week. Watch what he does. Allow him to expand your talents and your abundance. And we're praying that over you today. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you and have a great day.